Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our fearless beer review. Then we get into our vinyl pickups, what we've listened to, and that leads into the songs of the week. And then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, While you're listening, you know, go to iTunes and whatever and give us five stars. Please go do that. Nobody ever listens to us anyway, but... Just go do it. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio, so get into that. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number. If you want to call us, leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. Now, Jeff, mm. now that the boring intros are done, let's uh, let's get right into our Fearless Beer Review. So what do you got? Go. I I have something from a local brewery called Ren House. Ren House is uh, pretty... Pretty, pretty popular. People pretty like good. them. I also, I think they are, are good. I honestly, actually, no, they had a, um, man, they had some seasonal last time everybody was out here. We were at Red House, remember? Oh, got, yeah, yeah, we yeah. We got some seasonal that was fucking delicious. But other than that, I've never had anything great from this brewery. Everything's just been good or really good. But they always have the shittiest service. And I, it's fucking irritating oh, going there. It's annoying. But today was fine. I stopped by there because I was in the Phoenix area and I don't ever go there because it's a shithole and I don't care. And I decided, hey, I'm going to stop by Red House, get some beer, you know, because I'm an idiot. Spend money at a place I don't like. Yeah. So I picked up this this beer that friend of the pod wanted you to pick up on your way back from Arizona, and it's uh, their Valley Beer. It's it's their, like, flagship lager, and this one is dry hopped with Nelson, Nelson Hops. Yes. So, I guess that's, Which uh, Mike claims he can he can taste. I I know I still I, <laughs> I just don't. I'm I was trying to get into it and like really figure out if he's serious or not. But like, I'm if, pretty sure he's serious. But pretty that's like is. that's like saying like if I gave you if I had a thousand apples and one of them was like a red delicious and the other nine hundred ninety nine were Granny Smith, you could for sure <laughs> tell which one's a different one. Okay. He, right? Probably, yeah. But if I gave you like a thousand Valley beers and they were all, you know, Simcoe hops and only one of them was Nelson, you think you could tell me which one Nelson was? No. I, I mean, I think you, you could even bring that number down to like 10. I don't think you need to go as high as a thousand. Because I, I, I within I, 10 beers, I don't think you could tell the difference. I hyperbolize the example to give, to give you know, I, to emphasize the point that. If you can't do it with a thousand, then you can't do it with ten. Then you can't do it with two, because that two you're just guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And if you get it right, oh look at this. That's why those taste tests that that, that I like to do for people that think they can tell the difference in Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. Like mm-hmm. I want to do with like ten of each of them, you know, little one ounce tasters. But if yeah. you can, if, if like if, if I give you thirty one ounce tasters and I say at least one of them is Bud Light, at least one of them is Coors Light, and at least one of them is Miller Light. And you could pinpoint exactly which one out of all 30 of them. Fucking hats off. 
I could do it. I bet no, you can't. You're the you were the worst one. You did the worst at everybody. That's funny. I can but do yeah. it now though. No, you I, can't. that was no. like no, six years ago. No. There's no way. I no. could do that now. No. I'll bet I you a thousand dollars you can get fifty percent. A thousand dollars. Oh, I that's bullshit. Down. I could do that. I could do that. I'm thinking of taking that bet. I'm thinking about it. Okay. Thirty thirty I don't one think ounce you pay tasters. Up, I don't think you'd pay up. I don't think you. I don't. I don't, I don't think you would pay up. Well, I'm, I I'm so. But. I'm so confident. If we had thirty <laughs> of them, and at least one of them uh, is Bud White, Bud Light. Well, at least one is Miller Light, and at least one is Coors Light. That means it could be one Bud Light, one Coors Light, and twenty Miller Lights. It could be any variation of that. It could be split evenly. <laughs> it could be anything. I guarantee, goddamn, to you and get fifty percent. I think I could. I'm pretty sure I could. How about two hundred? I'll bet you two hundred bucks. 200 bucks. I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it. Okay. 200 bucks. Next time you're out, I'm going to make it happen. I'll get, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on the, on the bet. Yeah, fucking wiener. <laughs> so anyway, I got this Valley right. beer. It's, it's, a, it's brewed with the Nelson hops. It's a, it's an American lager. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, they, they just did it in the past like six months. So, uh, you know, there's that. Our, our boy Raul did, did leave a, a review for their normal Valley beer, but not this, of not this variant Oh, we'll read it anyway. Who cares? Yeah. I'm surprised he's even had anything from right now. I know. Since they don't distribute to California. Right. Super cool. So he uh, he, he rated their, their normal Valley beer, which is just their normal lager. He gave it a four out of five. And he says, yeah, hell yeah. This one is more clean than Doc Holiday after his last shave. I love it because it doesn't make Raul want to scream. I love it. It's just there existing and not making a fuss. Valley beer is just a cool one like like John Barrymore circa Grand Hotel. Get some. What? <laughs> what a knucklehead. When did he post that? This was. Where do you even see? Oh, wow. This is recent. This is January 6th of this year. Oh, shit. You could have hung out with him. I wonder if He's he was probably out at Rent House. What the he fuck? Probably had, he had to have been out there. Dude, he knows I live out here. Why didn't he stop by? How rude. Yeah. He should have hit you up. Disrespectful. I know. I'm pissed. All right. Uh, so, my my beer here. Is from a local brewery as well, uh, called Brewery X, because you know their beer is fucking everywhere around here now. Uh, this is a another one of their signature series. This is Volume Two. I got this because it's a hazy. It's a, actually a, technically a double hazy, um, and that goes along with our our album of the week, uh, uh, Fugazi. So um, how does it go along with the album? Because oh, it, it rhymes. Oh, hazy gotcha. Fugazi. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> Fugazi <laughs> hazy. Fugazi. Oh, that'd be a good and, beer. Uh, Fugazi hazy. I'm sure it it has to exist because then Ian McKay can come after you for yeah. like copyright stuff because it's not Fugazi it's Fugazi fucking cuck man, um, yeah this is eight point three ABV and uh, yeah let's let's just try it because I don't know I want to drink so you ready? Oh, I'm not even poured it yet I haven't even opened it. Oh yet. my gosh, dude! Well, okay, while you're pouring it, uh, Raul did not leave a review for this beer on uh, on Beer Advocate. And it kind of seems like he hasn't really done anything with uh, with Brewery X, which is very strange because he lives here in Orange County. But what are you gonna do? He'll go out to fucking Phoenix and go to Rent House and not hang out with you. So yeah, that's Raul's kind of rude. He's kind of irritating <laughs> me a little bit lately. <laughs> now now we're turning on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 good to go now, kid. All right, let's do this. Ooh, good take. Oh man. Oh man! Is that a good? All right. Is that a good hazy by the Fugazis? 
oh man, this is a good hazy fugazi. What do you what do you got on your on your rent house? Or your dry hop, whatever. Valley beer. Weird. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a it's it's a lager. It's a it's a hoppy lager, so Ah, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of hoppy lagers. Just yeah, just kinda weird. Um it's not bad. Front of the pot here says he could he could taste everything in all the notes and he was I don't know if he was kidding me, but it makes a little sense because he was kind of seen as like a whiny flavor, and then like a slight oh, yeah. buttery flavor. Do you do you get the buttery flavor? I mean, because he said it. Now that I'm I'm looking for it. <laughs> but, How much um, you want to bet he read that somewhere? He didn't. He didn't think of the buttery flavor. He had to have read that. I'm getting like popcorn, like 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 popcorn. Oh. Okay, buttery popcorn. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. I'm definitely getting like popcorn. That's weird. But but see, you're thinking about it. You're thinking of butter, and people associate butter with popcorn a lot. This is true. I eat a lot of popcorn, and and I I definitely get popcorn here. You don't eat popcorn, dude. We have this. Uh, this is like the third time we've had this fucking conversation. I, know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I still don't think you eat popcorn. I really still don't think you do. Why do you? I, I I think this is like a long con now. Like you know that I don't believe you, and now this has just become a long con. In my room right now, there is a bag of popcorn that I ate in the office a couple weeks ago that that the dog dragged into my room, and I just never took it out. It's just laying there on the floor. <laughs> I'm All too right. lazy to pick it up, even though I have to step over it to get into bed. <laughs> but yeah, this is idiot. this is okay. It's a little little dank, but not not okay. too not too pot tasting. But um, it's it's fine. I think this would be really right. good. This would be like a really good first beer when it gets like 120 degrees outside because it's it's <laughs> still. It's still a lager, and lager is always good when it's hot. Like, I, I feel like lagers are good when it's hot. I like them. It's the best thing to have when it's hot. The only the only time I really like a lager is, is when it's really hot. But this has like a little yeah. little pizzazz to it. So I would definitely hit this as my first beer before we hit the pool, and then I I transition to like light beers and things that taste okay when they're warmer. Because <laughs> inevitably everything, no matter what cooler I have, it's gonna get warm in one hundred yeah. fucking twenty degree heat. Sitting out in the sun too. Yeah, it, everything gets warm. All right, I so we have a three-point rating air. system. What's up? I swear I'm getting popcorn here. All right, all right. I I believe you, even though I know you don't eat popcorn. Uh, we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer, and you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So, what do you give your uh, your valley beer? Uh, I give this a solid two. Yeah, solid this too. Is, okay, it, it seems to be kind of where I, I fall on on the Rainhouse stuffs. I don't think it's great, but it's not bad. I think the flares are are layered nicely. Nothing about this is like gag or gross or something I want to drain pour, but it's not. It's not reinventing the wheel here. <laughs> I'll never right. get it again. But would you get a twelve pack, right? Yeah, but I split it with Sloan, so. Oh, okay. He's probably gone through all of his six already. He cracked and drank it and said it was amazing within seconds. Uh, he's so frustrating sometimes. <laughs> he's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you see? I'm sure you did see, but it's kind of a tangent. But the vinyl he bought with the, the Goblin thing, that yeah. that 6LP box set or something. And I said, have you, have you even seen these movies? He's like, no, but it's just limited edition. And it's like, dude, you spent probably 200 bucks on that shit. Dude, I, 
I got so mad at him last night or the <laughs> other night because you kept wanting me. He, he brought it in. He said, check this out. I said, what is this? So he just that box set that I bought. I said, I don't want to know. I don't, I have a stomp. I'm, I'm, I, I, I hold firm. I said, I do not want to look at them. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to talk about your dumb fucking box sets. I don't agree with the way you spend your money. You have no money. And I just, I don't want to do it. So get the fuck away. Get this away from me. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then he like did it again. I, cause he was listening to some shit last night, like 10 o'clock. He's like, fucking loud, bro. Like, why is it so loud? So like, it's not even that loud. I, like, I can hear it from the kitchen and like the air conditioning's on. Like it's loud. Like everybody's sleeping. Like my sister got to wake up early. The kids got to wake up early. And so then he, he he said something about like he couldn't hear. It. I said that's because you bought shitty speakers. You didn't buy speakers. You have speakers that are from the '90s. They're computer speakers that our neighbor was throwing in the trash, and I took them and gave them to you as placeholders. I said instead of buying dumb fucking records that you've never heard, why don't you buy nice speakers? Yeah, it's true. Irritating. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, he is irritating, but whatever. So here's 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 something crazy too. So so I, I in our group chat I texted friend of the pod that that I tasted popcorn and he said that it has this this thing called this chemical called di diacetyl diacetyl and I guess it's it's a chemical that's that's it's it's made in like butter flavoring and oh. it's it's like a popcorn plant flavored thing. That, so like if you taste things, that's a chemical that you're tasting. And so the fact that I said popcorn, huh. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is that is pretty good. This guy, I guarantee he looked it up. But I got it. I got it. Fucking straight <laughs> from the mouth, baby. <laughs> he had to have looked it up. There's there's no other no other explanation. Uh, what a knucklehead. Yeah. All right, my um, so you gave yours a two. I'm gonna give this um, the signature series volume two. I'm gonna have to give this a perfect three out of three. This is a really good hazy and it's a double hazy it's strong but it you you can't taste how strong it is it's it's really really well balanced it's sweet and not overly sweet but it's just it's perfectly balanced i, I think it's is awesome this is a really really great beer damn highly recommend three out of three have you to brewery x have you had any beer beer from brewery x that just wasn't good uh i think i had a colch there once that i didn't like but that, that was about it. It was like a coffee one. Yeah, I did. I, it was a coffee Kolsch one, and I I hated it. I didn't know it was a co- I didn't know it was a coffee flavor, and I got it and you're I finished like a, it. You're not a big coffee guy, but you did have that coffee Kolsch from a local brewery over here that you did think was yeah. pretty good. No, eh, not really, not really. No, okay, I just, boring, I'm not so a coffee man. I'm not a coffee guy. Yeah, you drink monsters and rock stars and Red Bull energy drinks. Well, all mixed monsters together. are my breakfast. That's my breakfast. All right, so are we good with the the fearless beer review? Yeah, move on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Uh, so then we got the vinyl up next. So we're gonna just kind of talk about what we picked up, what we listened to, and that leads into the songs of the week. So uh, what do you got, Jeff? Go. Uh, first things first. That's where we start at Great the top. Place to start. First things yeah. first. Um, it is what it is. RTJ one. I <laughs> I got through RTJ one, and I've not gone mm-hmm. through RTJ three yet. Uh, but the guy at Grace Records, Brent, he um, he always kind of has like the scoop on like what's coming out, and he says that a, a pressing of RTJ Chew, 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 RTJ Chew, is coming out very very soon. So that's that's yeah. nice to know. Uh, I figured yeah. it was because remember we we tried to order it on pre order it on Amazon, and then it canceled it. Yeah. So I mean that that's a telling sign right there. Shit, that it should be coming out soon. 
But anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah, RTJ one. It's it's that cool like orange variant, and and it just yeah. it looks it, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Like you talked about last week, it's super short, and it's it's unreal because like again, I just want to reiterate how great of an album it is. But knowing that in our rankings that objectively, obviously, that it's their worst album, but it's <laughs> goddamn near perfect. Like it's so fucking good. So it just it's insane to think that this group only gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. that's just silly. It's silly. It's remarkable. It's fucking remarkable. So that's good. Um, another hip hop one, Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. I finally got through my second listen through, and this is their third album, nineteen ninety. Dude, this pressing sucks, man. This is a shitty, know, shitty right? pressing. I fucking hate it. I, I, I want to purge this because it's just I don't like listening to this, and I won't. I'm probably going to purge it because I'm not going to listen to it again because it sucks. It just sounds like yeah. shit. It's flat. Nothing about this is dynamic. It's quiet. It just sounds like shit. And this is one of the which is this, this is one of the biggest letdowns of a record I've I think I've ever bought regarding to like like sound quality wise. Sound quality, yeah, yeah. I agree. My my copies the exact same way. That's what exactly what I complain about too. It's it's just it's terrible, terrible quality. I just I I'm not even gonna listen to it again. I, I'm this is probably going to get purged. So <laughs> it's it Damn. sucks. It's shit. It's terrible. And this is such a keep this, it for now. This is such a banger of an album. It's just it's such an aggressive album that that just kind of like furthers their their I don't know their sampling usage and and everything is just like hyper focused and. I love it. I love it. It's fucking fantastic. It's a great record. Being like nine one one is a joke. Like that's a song that's still talked about to this day. Like, amazing album, but this pressing sucks hard. Hardcore Such suckage. I agree. I agree. Doesn't uh didn't VMP put this up? Put one out too. Like a yeah, couple years ago? they they put it out at the same time. They put out. I think they put out the same month. They did the Wu Tang. Oh, okay. And not knowing that that Public Enemy, this album also doesn't have a proper pressing because the Wu-Tang also doesn't really have a proper pressing. And so, like, you were stuck deciding which one of the two that you want, either, like, a good pressing of the Wu-Tang Clan, which is a much better pressing than the one we have. Yeah, much better. But it's still not a great pressing. And that's not because of the pressing itself. It's just because of the recording and the masters and stuff. It just, the time doesn't sound good. Yeah. But like Fear of a Black Planet, apparently the the Vinyl Me Please pressing of it is like the bee's knees. It sounds un, unreal. And knowing that, obviously, like hindsight's twenty twenty here. But I would have opted for the Fear of a Black Planet over the Wu Tang because this is damn near unlistenable. It's that bad. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's so fucking terrible. I think it's one of the worst records I've ever bought sound wise. I mean, the, I think the original be. copies of Blue that we had were are pretty bad. Yeah, but even with the crackling and the pops, it still sounded fine. And that was a mono pressing. And mono pressings always will play better than stereo pressings just because Wait, of the way the was grooves are made. What was mono pressing? The Blue Notes. No, I oh no, I said Blue. Did I say Blue Note? I meant Blue uh, Weezer's Blue. Oh, yeah. You said Blue Notes. But they, Weezer's Blue. I, I might, I'm sorry. Yeah. That wasn't like a terrible pressing. It was just quiet and a little bit flat. But well, you're gonna purge it, so yeah. I'm, I'm probably this dude. It just sounds like shit. It's just not even it fun. It's I not know. even fun. I know, I know, I agree. Okay, I agree. Okay, so then what else you got? 
So um, I, I, I'm going to start doing something a little different. I'm also going to put in stuff that I've picked up because I've, I've stopped buying things just on whims just because mm-hmm. like I have such an extensive library already and I've, I sell stuff and I purge stuff. So I stopped buying things on whims and a perfect example of why I shouldn't do that is this band called the gods g-o-d-z baby ah yes this is a uh this was a rock group from ohio from like the late 70s they went on tour with kiss in the late 70s and they weren't even signed like they they had they nobody knew who they were but like kiss loved them and their first album like their demos and stuff like everybody liked them because they fucking they ripped it was good it was just really really good hard rock of that era and i saw this uh record at grace and i was like ah kind of a lame thing and it takes a lot for me to buy something now that i don't know even though three dollars even though like when we first started collecting i, I love buying you. shit <laughs> but like i just i've grown from that uh, but like in essence when you grow from that you're kind of losing like what's exciting about this 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 hobby is is finding new bands and i for a momentary lapse of of no reason and i lost that <laughs> i lost that so that's on me i didn't pick it up so I went back there a couple of days later, and it was gone. But they did have another album by the Gods. It was like their their second album or their third album or something. And it's called Nothing Is Sacred, and it's fucking trash, absolute trash. <laughs> but what's so bad about it? I don't understand. So the first album I thought kind of had like a cool like ACDC hard rock vibe to it, but it rolled much smoother, much faster, kind of in the way like George Thorogood kind of rolls along. Everything just flows very nicely. There's like no breaks, there's no stops. And even though when there are breaks and stops, they they just flow very nicely. It's just really good songwriting. And that's what the yeah. first one had. It just it was it was really fun. It was really hard. It was energetic. The second one is just like embarrassing generic rock with like a little bit of, of glam thrown in there. Everything about it was just like, wow, this is why you guys don't like no, this is why nobody fucking ever talks about you. Nobody ever will. Because this is awful. <laughs> Like their label hated them so much, they never went anywhere because they got no support from their label. The label refused to shell out for like tours, and so they're always supporting other other bands. And that's uh, I don't know, that sucks. That's sad. But the second I'm the second I'm just absolute garbage, absolute garbage. garbage. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So I all, all of these are purged except for I have one that I'm not going to purge. All right, all right. Uh, so, so another one, another one I bought for real cheap, three dollars was Rush. All the, all the world's a stage, and uh, yes, yes. this this came out after twenty one twelve and was rushed, <laughs> and they were rushed to put something out that would sell and just kind of be like a placeholder while Rush toured and, and recorded for uh, Farewell to Kings, and that's what that's what we got here. And it's not a bad album like at all. Like it's it's not bad. It it showcases the excitement of Rush live, but. It's chopped. It's chopped up. It's 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 from their tour. So all the songs that were from the tour, but not in that order. So it's it's chopped up. It's reorganized, and the band doesn't really care for it too much. And it was all the label that did it, not the band. But the biggest the biggest thing is the poor sound quality. It sounds like shit. And I don't it's understand crazy that. Why would you do this? Yeah, for for an official release, from what you're. I haven't listened to it from what you were saying. It just seems like everybody dropped the ball. Like there's, this is just a cash grab, hundred percent a cash grab. Like, yeah, absolutely. No quality cash control. Grab. And it was just, I, I, I could not believe the sound quality. And it sucks too because the pressing that I have, it was three dollars. 
and it's like super clean. I cleaned it up. It plays fucking fantastic. There's like no pops. There's no skips. There's no loops. But yeah. it sounds like shit. It's like the fucking uh, Public Enemy album we have. It just sounds like shit. And I just, <laughs> I could not believe that a band, like 2112 was massive for them. Absolutely yeah, yeah. massive. We're talking sold out records. world tour. Yeah. And they put this out and it sounds like shit. And for a band that like prides themselves on just absolute precision on their live shows, not only just like <laughs> musicianship, but sound wise, it sucks. Yeah. It's trash. That's a real shame. A Damn real shame. shame. So that was a letdown. But then I did get this is the second rush. I've had this because oh, I got I got Farewell to Kings. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in this because I, I dude, I've gotten this record three times now since we've been collecting because <laughs> they sell so easy. People buy Rush all the fucking time. And these are easy twenty, twenty five dollar records to sell. Probably more where you live. But like yeah. I, I, I sell all these records all the time for no less than twenty bucks. And I've sold Farewell to Kings twice for twenty dollars and I saw it for like ten bucks. I said, Okay, cool. You know, let's uh let's get that that taste out of my mouth, all the wolves of stage. Literally the next day, actually, I I bought it. So let's get that taste out of my mouth. They rushed they rushed all the worlds of stage to prepare for farewell to Kings. So I bought it again. I shouldn't say I bought it again. I got it again. This is the first time I bought it. Um but this is it's a solid album. It definitely sounds like the beginning to a sound shift into like more synth heavy music. And mm-hmm. Like eventual disappointment that so like my first rush album that I got for free was Signals, and that's the one I listened to first, ever in its entirety. And Signals is trash. It's just not a good record. I hate it. I think it's awful. Don't like it. And so the critical. only song on this one on Farewell to Kings that I think is like out of place is Closer to the Heart. It's a solid song, but it's mm-hmm. like poppy. It's straightforward. It's under three minutes. It's just a. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, but. It's not an, it's it's not a good like indicator of what Rush is about, but what I did like about this album is like the use of synth and the Moog, like not in a way like Rick Wakeman uses them to be mm-hmm. kind of flashy and kind of like proggy and obnoxious, but they use it in this more in this more like like ethereal or, or sci-fi approach, and it gives it just like a cool kind of like subtext, and I like it a lot. It was really cool, but I will say that I still think Rush is a band where the parts are greater than their sum, because aside from like. 2112 and and, mm-hmm. and and like Hemispheres because Hemispheres has, has a, like a one-parter that's the first half of the album and it starts with the last song on Farewell to Kings. Besides those yeah. things, I think they're a band that are, are, are amazing individually but together right most of the time, eh, music. You're one of the very few people that say that. Honestly, their their biggest songs. What are their biggest songs? Like Tom Sawyer. Okay, that's yeah, a cool pop song. Yeah. Uh, that's a yeah. fun pop song. That's no Red big Barchetta. deal. Yeah. Closer to the Heart. Okay, that's another fun pop song. No big deal. Like uh, these songs are good songs. I'm not saying they're bad songs. I'm just saying like this is a band. Man, like I don't know. I don't know what it is about these guys that I just I think, I think individually they're amazing. And even like the guitarist Alex, like he's a fucking amazing guitarist. Great guitar player. But like we only talk about Getty and, and Neil, and so he's kind of just thrown in the back, and like people don't even really know his name. I know, right? And so he's, I, he's definitely the most forgettable one, but he's not forgettable at all. That's that's the thing. It's it's a weird band. They're a weird band for sure. Like their reputation is weird. They're they're a brand more than they are like a really good 
I don't know. There's, there's well, something. There's just yeah, something about. You better watch they're yourself. A, no, no, no. They're a brand for sure. Get the fuck out well, of here. Yeah, the they little, are a brand. The little twenty one twelve pentagram but, thing. But what you were gonna brand. say is like they're more of a brand than what than their music because that's that's silly boy talk. I think together they 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 are not great. I think individually they are great in in some of their best songs. I think they only have one. So like the, the stuff on twenty one twelve, I think is like their best stuff. Like okay. that's I, I think that's probably like their best album. Side one is just the twenty one twelve, you know, epic twenty minute song. I think that's fucking mm-hmm. amazing. I think it's perfect. Yeah. And then the last song on Farewell to Kings is a prelude to the next album, Hemisphere, just like Cygnus or some shit. And yeah. if you put them all together, that's like a thirty minute song. That's fantastic. That's, so that's amazing stuff. Everything else I think is just a, a group of guys that are trying to just mash as much technique into every individual song they possibly can except for their big hits their big hits are just pop songs which again it's fine which makes sense it makes sense too i mean you're not gonna you're not gonna get any sort of like you know you're not gonna win a popularity contest having a 20 minute song you know i I, can be played on the radio if you if if it's a 15 minute song you gotta have a you gotta have a pop song on there and i got i got nothing against pop songs because sounds they like be, you do. They can be fantastic, but to think that Rush is like this, these fucking prog prodigies when they put out stuff like Tom Sawyer and Limelight. Oh like, my! God. Come on, these are these are pop songs, bro. Of course they're pop songs, but they have other they're great pop songs, songs too. They're pop You're songs. Such bro. a knucklehead, man. They're pop songs, bro. Such a knucklehead. I mean, I mean, you can say the same same thing about Yes. They have some huge, huge pop songs. Yeah, but they're a prog band. Same with Genesis. Genesis is trash. A lot of pop songs, but they have they're a good prog band. Nobody puts yes aside from like musicians. Nobody puts yes in the same category as Rush. Nobody. Eh, nobody. I disagree. No. I disagree. No. If, I disagree. Unless you play music or unless you're a progman, you do not put yes in the same category as Rush. You don't know any fucking yes songs. Maybe Roundabout, but you know five Rush songs. Easy. But what about no? What about the? Oh my God! What is the name of the fucking song? I seen all from good the, people down no. Wait, what's the one from the 80s? No. Oh, yeah. I don't want to sing it because it's terrible. <laughs> Wait, I can't even think right that's now. Like, that's like a, that should have been a Rush song. Oh, my God. But you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they, they had huge pop songs, but it, they're still known more as a prog band. That was one huge still, pop song. Still, it doesn't matter. One Rush or four. Five, or five huge pop matter. songs. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I think people are just fooled. I honestly think people are fooled by Rush. Rush is just a, a their brand. They, they just made a name you, for themselves and it's fine. You just need to you just need to listen more. That's what you need to do. Do you have you come across any copies of Hemisphere at all? Yeah, I've had it twice. I know, but you don't have any currently, right? No. No. Because that's twice. why I, I, I want Hemisphere a lot, but I don't I never see it in the wild. Never I, ever. Seen I it. had it, and when I sold you like three Rush albums, I had it then, and you didn't pick it up. I know. I don't know why I didn't. I know. And I, I know. Just, and, and then I ended up selling Hemisphere for like twenty five dollars at the first record show. Oy. But that was also at a time when we were buying a lot. We were doing a lot. Yeah, no, we were much good. more active with our buying. So I thought, okay, I can. I'll wait. There, I'll there wait. are, <laughs> there are two hundred other things I want before I want Hemispheres. But now I'm ready for Hemispheres. I want it now. All right, what what else you got? Uh, I just got rid of my notes here. Uh, so yeah, I talked about Farewell to Kings. This is one I'll keep for a minute. So now I have four Rush albums plus that live one that I'm going to purge. So if I come across like one more, 
Rush album, I think I'm just going to make another lot and then purge probably like two or three of my albums. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, so stupid. They're okay. They're fine. They're, they're, uh, a, they're a fine band. They're a fine band. Fly By Night is a great fucking record, too. I don't know why you hate that. It's okay. It's a killer record. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. So let's Whatever. see. That was, uh, where are we at here? One, two, three. I don't know where. I don't know what you're doing. Four, I don't know why five. you would close out your notes. Oh yeah. So this is this is the last one I got here. Um, this is the Bob Weir album that you got me. The Blue Mountain, the one with this. Yeah. He looks lost on the cover, and <laughs> this is his latest solo album, uh, 2016. His prior solo album to this was like 1978. And this album was, uh, he's done a lot of stuff in between with bands and, and leading bands, but like true soul album, that's a massive gap. But the, I guess it was like, this was supposedly inspired by his time working as a farmhand when he was a teenager. Okay. And so you think, you'd imagine this to be very stripped down, very folky, maybe some country twang to it, you know, but like just very gritty and, and very, I don't know, like working class, you know, very Americana, yeah. very... Very like early Grateful Dead stuffs, and it is it is all that it has all of that stuff. But this is so fucking boring. This was unreal. <laughs> this was tough to even get through. There are two songs from this that were amazing that. and fucking fantastic. But this album is yeah. over fifty minutes long, and I'm not sitting through forty five minutes at best filler just to get two tracks that I love. <laughs> And it's it's dude, it's truly a shame because Weir's like a phenomenal guitarist and and he can do all of these genres perfectly and he continues yeah. to do them, but this one blows. His his voice <laughs> just sounds like he's a bumbling old man. He sounds like a buffoon. The production is way too soft. It's way too dainty. And then I was reading some of the stuff that he said about the album, and he said that he used to work as a farmhand when he was like fifteen, ran away from home, but then he's keep he said it in like a roundabout way. But basically, mm-hmm. while everybody else was working, he was just playing the acoustic guitar. And so I said, okay, that makes sense in this album. He didn't learn a goddamn thing working on a ranch. He didn't learn how to like work with his hands. <laughs> he sat on his guitar and annoyed the shit out of everybody. And that's what this is. This is unbelievably disappointing. <laughs> I can't believe you hate it. I, there is nothing cowboy shocking. about this. But of course, well, it gets fucking it's... great reviews, it, you know, obviously. I mean, it's okay, you're purging it then. So, so what I'm doing with this is I'm, I, I've already filed it away into the cubby, the, the dead family cubby, and I have mm-hmm. one more album that I'll talk about next week, and I've already made the space for it. So when I file that one next week, my, my Grateful Dead cubby is officially full. I, I cannot Oof. fit another one in there. So what that means is that there's going to be a massive <laughs> purge, and I'm going to purge a bunch of this Grateful Dead stuff that I don't listen to. That's insane. I, I never thought I would see the day that you'd purge Grateful Dead. Yeah. Because I, dude, this stuff sells like hotcakes, and so I, I can sell these and buy like cool live box sets by the Grateful Dead that I know are actually good, <laughs> and not keep this one. Because it goes for like forty five, fifty bucks online. So that was disappointing. Uh, yeah, that sucks. That, I mean, that sucks when you're really expecting it to be good and <laughs> it's trash. It was awful. It was honestly, it was tough to get there. I almost didn't and get you, through this. And you speak so highly of Bob Weir. I so. dude, Bob Weir is, is an unreal rhythm guitarist because. He doesn't just hit that rhythm in that little middle part of the fret. Like he hits, you know, he'll hit those like G power chords and then go to like an open G and then slide all yeah. the way up the neck and do like this weird like modulated G all in the span of like six seconds. Yeah. He's a fantastic yeah. rhythm guitarist. But an amazing lead guitarist too. 
But yeah, that was a purgeable one. Right. This All last right. thing here, this last thing's my weekly pick. And yeah, I don't know is, why you, I don't know why you got this. This is this is because it's ten bucks. This is John Fogarty. This is his album Fogarty's Factory. This was like an EP slash LP that was recorded during the lockdown. It has all his kids playing all the instruments. It's endearing. It's cute, mm-hmm. but um, dude, it's dumb. This is dumb beyond dumb. <laughs> it's so fucking cheesy. It's embarrassing to listen to. Fogarty's always singing in the front, always, which is lame. It's like, dude. Let your kids take over if you're really trying to like <laughs> do something different and and be like the dad that wants his kids to like take over. Like shut the fuck up. Let your kids do something. There's there's rarely ever drums in it, so they rely mm-hmm. on claps and like guitar tapping to keep time. But it, it, it just doesn't match the songs. It just doesn't like they're playing fortunate song and so, fortunate son and stuff and these CCR songs and they're clapping and like tapping the guitar. It just sounds stupid because they're not yeah. they're not rearranging. The material to be more folky. They're doing it just the same way CCR would do it, but now instead of a drummer, they're just tapping their guitar. It sounds fucking dumb. And then, so the song that I chose is the cover of "Lean on Me," which is, oh my god, because the beginning part of it, he talks. He opens his fucking mouth and I talks. <laughs> and then <laughs> the he, first like twenty five seconds is like them talking about anti war shit. And it's just like, dude, we we're coming out of the the, the pandemic here. We're coming out of of quarantine. And everyone's trying to like forget kind of what happened and and, and look to music yeah. to to I don't know to be something better to do something else, and he talks and he talks about how how horrible everything was and like I know like you think I don't know I know I was there like, <laughs> I, I know, and and then he even mentions like a lot of people just think I should just shut up and play music, and it's like yes, shut the <laughs> fuck up, dude I don't care you're too old for this shit like come on, and then they play Lean on Me. And the way he did it was very reminiscent of that Gal Gadot Imagine debacle. Oh, that was so bad. Remember, and she yeah, thought like it yeah. was just to bring the world together, and everyone's like, "Well, are you fucking high? This is the dumbest. Like, why would you? What are you talking about? The world <laughs> is like burning. Why would you do this?" And that's what this—that's what this reminded me of. It was just low-hanging fruit. <laughs> it was weak. Everything about this is just flat-out dumb. I had to listen to Cosmos Factory after this. Just to get this shitty taste out of my mouth, <laughs> and like even the cover art, the cover art is a reshoot of the Cosmos Factory cover, but done in the most yeah, cheesy, yeah. tasteless, pathetic way I could ever imagine. Yeah, it looks really. It it looks so bootleg. Everything about this looks so bootleg. Luckily, it was only ten dollars, and then I. Yeah. I can't believe you spent ten dollars on this. That's insane. I thought it was going to be very folky, very like oh my kids are playing music, and like that's cool. I like that. I I, I didn't realize that this would be just. The John Fogarty experience featuring kids that can kind of play okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so disappointing. After I listened to this, I barely got through it's, "Lead On Me." It's I terrible. barely got through the song, and I'm like, okay, I'll 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 kind of go through the the CCR songs, and uh, and yeah, it was that it was fucking terrible. Like they they couldn't. There was times I think it was uh, "Proud and Mary." I don't know. It was "Fortunate Son" or "Proud and Mary." I don't remember. I don't remember now, but. Uh, no, it was it was fortunate some because whoever was playing guitar, I don't know if it was John or whoever, but they weren't keeping in time. They the time the timing was just awful. It's like why would you even record this? Why would you put this out knowing that you're off time? It's like, it was so glaringly obvious that that it was they were doing that. It was just it's fucking terrible. I I can't remember terrible. I can't remember the last time on the pod where something was so bad to me that I had to put it as my weekly pick. 
<laughs> I don't think like, it's ever happened. This was so bad. Lean on me. <laughs> like, dude, singing Lean on Me is just such a cash grab. It's so fucking pathetic. Mm-hmm. I don't even Terrible. think it's that good of a song anyway. Really well, isn't. It, it's a good song, but it's just like we've heard it done by like most people don't even know who the fuck sings it. So it's like we've heard it done like so many goddamn times that it's just it, Yeah. It really is. It's low hanging fucking fruit. <laughs> Ugh. Do you want me to play the the intro too where he talks? I mean, do you play, really make it annoying? Uh, oh god. Oh fuck it. I'll just start it from the beginning. So, so here's bad. uh here's their version of uh Lean on Me. We are living in a remarkable time. Protesters all across America and around the world are standing up against the evil that is racism. I'm so proud of the young people of this generation for reminding us all who we are. Now, some people will say, oh, John, I wish you wouldn't get political, kind of like shut up and dribble. But this isn't about politics. It's about human rights. It's about empathy. It's about Compassion. Sometimes in our lives we all have pain, we all have sorrow. If we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, folks. It won't be long till I'm gonna need. Somebody to lean on Please swallow your pride If there are things There you go. There's, uh, there's Lean on Me from uh, John Fogarty and his, uh, his kids. <laughs> he, he just sounds old and those mouth sounds. Like it's some ASMR oh, it's shit, like you know. <laughs> you could just hear every part it's of so his bad. mouth. Yeah, it's... It's rough, man. That is rough. He sounds exactly like my landlord, my landlord Jim. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy how much they sound alike when they talk. But yeah, that that was terrible. That was fucking terrible. Yep, pretty (laughs) pretty bad. Oh my god, I still can't believe you bought it. You just got to purge it, man. Get get it the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, it's already it's already made. I I didn't. So I, I tried listening to everything twice. I got through it once, and then I got through the first side second time, and that's I didn't listen the second side second time. That's for the best. That's yeah. for the best. It's stupid. It's dumb. I hate it. It's awful. It's <laughs> embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. I can't believe it. I can't believe they put that shit out. <laughs> you know, whatever, though. You're one of like the greatest songwriters of the 70s, and you put this shit out. It's unbelievable. It is. Uh, I, <sighs> it's pretty, pretty embarrassing. Yeah. All right. So we got anything? you got anything else on your vinyl? That's it. That's all. All right. Uh, let's let's start with uh, my first thing here because that's a great place to start at the very beginning. First things first, mm-hmm. uh, and then we do second things second. So, um, what do I have? Fuck. Where are my notes? Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
so I picked this one up from White Rabbit last week, middle of last week, I think. And I was just going through stuff and I'm like, oh, the cover, it was the cover that, that interested me. And it was somebody named Bull and the album is called This Is Bull. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. The cover is really stupid. You should look it up actually right now. But it was like instantly hooked. I'm like, this has to be at least interesting. And then on the back of it, on, I, so I took it out. I was looking at the back and there's like this whole excerpt about from Muddy Waters. Like he was writing about this guy named Bull. And uh, <laughs> and there's like this whole thing about it on, on the back of the, the jacket. And it was 10 bucks. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. I, I, asked, I, asked, I asked Tracy at Wire Rabbits. I'm like, have you ever heard of this? And he's like, no, I have no, I have no, I have no idea who that is. I said, okay, because I usually trust you with your, you know, with your recommendations. Like, nope, never heard of it. Like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll just take it. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. And then my dumbass fucking drops it. Of course, he dropped it. Fucking dropped it right in front of him. But luckily, it didn't fall on the floor. It just like fell on the counter. But (laughs) I fucking dropped dropped it in front of him. I can't believe I fucking dropped it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh fuck. I'm, I'm definitely gonna buy this. Like, I, I just slipped. And he's just laughing at me. He thought it was funny. And, uh, but yeah, so I got this one. And uh, I threw it on. Well, he ended up giving this to me for free anyway because I was I bought a couple other records. It's like <laughs> I just fucking take it. I'm like fucking rad, dude. So it's I got so this for free. ugly. The cover's right? so ugly. It's so ugly, right? But I it just I was like, what the fuck is this? And then but the muddy waters endorsement on the back. I'm like, okay, this has to have some merit. So um, so then I threw it on the first song play through and i'm like dude this is trash this fucking sucks (laughs) and then and then as it goes on it gets better and better and better and he he like kind of rips it up on the guitar and there's just some good like funky like r&b kind of stuff going on like it this this album's all over the place like psychedelic uh blues funk r&b like it's it's everywhere some hard rock thrown in there it's it's a pretty eclectic record for somebody that has never put out a record before. I mean, this is the only record he ever put out. This is in 1970. Never put anything out after, before, and there's nothing written about this guy at all, except what's on Discogs. This guy is just like a phantom. I don't know anything about him <laughs> outside of what's written on the back of the jacket of this record. And yeah, this is this is solid though. I mean, I'm oh, I'm definitely weird. keeping it. I mean, it was free, so I'm gonna fucking keep it. Why the hell not? Barry Gordon is his name. Right, yeah. He looks like he's Native American, but or maybe half Native American and half African American. I I can't, I can't really tell. But on the cover, it's just him sitting. He's kind of a bigger guy, and he's just kind of he's sitting there, and he has like all these like these like three beautiful women around him wearing. They're all wearing like stupid costumes, and yeah, dude, the cover's terrible. <laughs> but the music's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Pretty pretty solid. Okay. So you dropped it. That's yeah. all right. I know. I was so embarrassed. I was so fucking embarrassed. But like, are you surprised? Honestly. Well, yeah. You know, I am surprised I dropped it. I am surprised. I've seen you drop albums like left and right. Every time you're over, you drop at least one album. I've dropped one album once at your house. Every time you're over, you drop at least one. I've dropped one. And it was my record. It's not like it was your record. I dropped one of mine. You love dropping stuff. That's all you do. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about records, man. I have like fucking Butterfingers. They do, but not greasy. <laughs> but it's funny whenever I have like a, a record of mine that's I know is expensive, or is valuable or whatever, I take extra, extra. Ca- I'm extra cautious when I'm holding it. Like I hold onto it real tight, and I, I set it down <laughs> lightly. Like <laughs> seriously, I'm so careful around some of my records because I'm so afraid of dropping it. 
Dude, I, like I, I'm over here listening to records like while I'm pretty pretty drunk, and it's still never dropped a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not like this happens often. It does happen often. No, it doesn't happen often. More than once is often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so embarrassed, and it was so funny because like six months ago, he was talking talking to me about how like people take the really expensive records off the wall and drop them. Like those fucking dumbasses. I get so fucking mad at them for dropping those expensive records. And then I fucking drop one right in front of him. I was so embarrassed. But Yes, you should be. Ah, oh boy. At least he's a cool guy. Um, all right. The next thing here is uh, something that you got me a long-ass time ago. It's been in my backlog oh. for a long time. Oh. And it's uh, The Yardbirds. Their album, oh, Rave yeah. Up. Their second album from uh, November 1965. This one has both Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton on it, but not together so side a has beck and i think it's side a has beck and then side b has clapton and um the yardbirds are always one of those bands that are yeah you you did get this for me a long time ago but they're just a band that i i've always enjoyed listening to but i never thought about getting their record so when you i think you've got this in some lot right i got yeah i got this in some lot and then i got another one that i kept for myself like a better copy and i i Got you this one. That was a sub better. This copy. copy was, this copy was great though. There was like not that much surface, not that much surface noise, and no skips, loops, pops, nothing crazy. Damn, it played go. through great. I mean, I cleaned it before I put it on, but yeah, no, I had no issue with it. This is a really, really solid record. And I guess from what from what I was reading, the, I guess like the deluxe version or like a, some of the reissues have a song that Jimmy Page played on which is pretty cool that he co-wrote and played on. But it would have been cool to have like this record have all three of those guitar players on it. That would have been pretty sick. Uh, this next thing is also it's also from you from a long time ago. I finally okay. got around to listening to go. it. Because my, my backlog is almost done. I have, I think I have, well, now I have, I bought a bunch of records today, but now I have like maybe 10 records in my backlog. But uh, but yeah, this, ne- this next one is from Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. The album Overnight Sensation. This I don't even know which one this is in his in his vast, you know, discography. But this one came out in September of nineteen seventy three. And uh this one I was very surprised. Like both of the Zappa records I've listened to, I've kind of been blown away by. Like it ha- it has the perfect amount of quirkiness, the perfect amount of like kind of wanking, and it's complicated in parts and poppy in parts and his genre jumping his genre jumping is so good it's so smooth and this is a killer fucking record and you have this one too right i love this record this one this one and the one either before or after the the wazoo record that they're both like the one of them is very like big band sounding but yeah it's done in such a cool way but i will say like some of the stuff that i have i have like six zappa records i'm gonna purge like half of them because I don't know, sometimes he's just too much. It's just like, calm down, bro. You don't need to try so fucking hard all the time. But I love this album. I think this album is fantastic. Yeah, this one this one is really good. I'm very happy with this one. And, I mean, it's a very clean copy. I don't know I when I got that for you or where. I have no idea either. But it's it's been sitting sitting in my backlog for a lot, for months and months. All right. So, yeah. What, earlier this, or last week, I just was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go through a shit ton of my backlog. I got through a lot more. But I'm just not going to talk about it on the pod. But yeah, some good stuff. So 
this next one uh, I got from White Rabbit last week as well. It's uh, Neil Young, uh, his 11th album called Reactor. This came out in 1981. And at this point in my Neil Young list through, because I haven't listened to everything yet, but I've listened to some of the stuff in the 80s and some of the stuff in the 90s. And I feel like this is the last good Neil Young record from ni- in 1981. Because I listened to Trans after this. Trans, I just, dude, I could not get behind that record, man. I really, really, trans. really tried. I really tried with that record. I I just couldn't do it. I mean, okay. ex- except for the songs that he wrote that like before that album, like the because he wrote like a pretty much he wrote an album in Hawaii and with with Crazy Horse. And then he ended up scrapping most of that except for like maybe three songs or two songs and he threw that on those on trans. And those ones were okay, but the ones that he wrote for trans were uh well, he did. He did all. He also put Mr. Soul, which was a, a, a song that it's very, very old for him. And Mr. Soul's on trans, but it's transed up. <laughs> so annoying. The story behind it is really like tragic and very sad. Yeah, that's like one of the reasons why like, he made it. That's even more sad and, and kind of heartfelt than than tonight's tonight. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean. Why are we even talking about trans? <laughs> I love trans. I think trans is so good. I love it so much. Uh, I don't. I don't. Care. Reactor's but good. Reactor's really good. I was very surprised. I was so apprehensive about <laughs> getting an '80s Neil Young record, and this is this is a really good one. I was very very surprised and happy. Got a promo copy for like six bucks. Come on, man. Yeah. What the hell? Dude? Come on. It's so good. So. Hey, it's got I mean, the mashed potato song on there. <laughs> it's so dumb. Nine minute jam. Isn't that like the coolest, like like on studio? I think that's the coolest, or yeah, on on studio album. I think that's the coolest jam thing that he's ever done. That, yeah, that oh, it's very to. cool. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, yeah, this is like the coolest studio thing. Yeah, studio jam he's done. Mashed potato. <laughs> he sounds so dumb when he says it too. I, I'm I'm uh, hoping it was just like a joke and like he's trying hard to sound dumb because it's called T Bone and like the, he just says T Bone and mashed potatoes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but the music the music is very very good so uh reactor killer killer fucking record so um next thing here uh got this last week in the mail from vagrant records this is uh thrice's out Al- the alchemy index so this is all for the eps on 10 inch vinyl all colored to match the the um the elements so you know water fire air and earth and uh it came out it came out so nice i'm i'm so impressed with this packaging because you have one on your on the way too or i mean at least i have your copy but how the packaging, I mean, I have so many questions I, first of all like because they're 10 inch do they put it in a 12 inch box or is it like a 10 no. inch box no it's a it's it's the box itself is probably like 11 inches maybe 12 inches and it's not no the box is even 12 inches it's smaller it's how, just how, it's small how thick is the box? Is it as thick as our, our How the West was one? Uh, it's about that thick, yeah. I would say so. So I, so I, I have to file this into my box at Covey. I you can't might have to. Anything yeah. else. You could put it in your Thrice. Sec- or do you have any Thrice records? Uh, no. I had no. their new one, but then I canceled it because it sucked. <laughs> new album was actually pretty good. And then I had Identity Crisis too, and the guy fucking realized oh, that yeah, he was I selling did. for too cheap, and then <laughs> fucking butthole. Yeah, what a shithead. Um, but no, this is really cool. It's it. I wish they were twelve inch EPs, but 
whatever the the packaging's great the, there's it's cool because every song there's um there's like a backstory to every song like how it was recorded and written for every single song and i don't know it's just beautiful it just looks so nice it looks the, so uh, nice and is the, is the box itself like textured or anything or just flat uh, it's just flat but it's sturdy, like it's fucking sturdy as hell, and it opens up like a book, like it has an actual spine, like a book has. Mm. So it op- opens up like that, and it it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're gonna break anything, and that's just it's nice, man. You'll you'll see. I think you'll really you'll really appreciate it. I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, it, I think this is this is like one of the coolest, one of the coolest box sets I have. I don't have very many box sets, but this is like one of the coolest. This is my melancholy. Like, I was gonna say you have three. You have Mars Volta, Melancholy, and now this one. Oh, and then I have the the Rage one. I have oh, yeah. How the West was one. That was the big disappointment. Was the How the West was one. That was a disappointing box set. It's just plain old people. Yeah. Yeah. For a hundred dollars. You know, I will say this Alchemy Index is the coolest box set I have. The detail is really. It's just so nice. So Over the Mars Volta nice. box set. Yeah, over the Mars Volta. The, Mo- the Mars Volta was more like, let's just try to make something different by doing that whole, like, you know, the diamond thing. You put it on top. Like, that should, it's too novelty and too cheesy. But this is like, <laughs> this is really well done. The Alchemy Index. Okay. So, there you go. Got that one. Of course, the music, at least the music on, on Water and Fire, those two EPs are absolutely perfect. They're just so fucking good. But Air and Water is kind of hidden. Not air and water. Air and earth are kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Song-wise. I agree. But but anyway, uh, moving on. So I got two things left. Uh, this next one comes also from White Rabbit. And uh, this is the new Red Hot Chili Peppers record, Unlimited Love. 12th record came out April 1st of this year, 2022. And uh, I was I was holding off on buying this just because I had very, very low expectations for the record and i really enjoyed it when i listened to it i this is a really solid record outside of like maybe three maybe four songs this is a really fucking good record i really dig this one and i got the la the la cover version so this is only exclusive to people who live in la or like surrounding areas stupid it's so dumb it's very stupid but i got it for cheaper than it's going for so i kind of i didn't i didn't rip off the store but i kind of you know they they miss they miss they didn't price it correctly, so I kind of lucked out with that. <laughs> but uh, but no, this is a fucking killer. For the most part, this is a pretty killer record. Flea absolutely kills it on this one. I think you I mean you listen to this too. You kind of agree with me on that. Yeah, I I was. I mean, this is coming off the coattails of us doing Red Hot Chili Peppers, and uh, just the overall kind of consensus is n- nobody likes Kiedis. Like, nobody likes Kiedis. I don't think he's as bad as as you think he is, but. <laughs> I mean, nobody likes Kiedis. And Flea has kind of... Flea gets into these funks sometimes where he doubts himself a lot and you can hear it on the music because he's not he's not bringing the heat. And he doesn't always need to be just like fucking slap basing it around and going crazy. But like writing good bass lines is something that he has been struggling with in some of like the bulk of their albums post mm-hmm. like Californication. And this one is just... This is one of his best bass performances, honestly. This is yeah. unreal. And it's not that he's like slapping, slapping it all the time, you know. It's just he's he's playing so aggressively, like playing that aggressively with your fingers is fucking tough. But he, him and Chad, like the way they they've locked together 
<laughs> the rhythm section in on this record is absolutely great. Even Chad has some some he shows off a little bit. He's never done that on a Chili Peppers album. Right. But there are a couple songs on here where he kind of he you can really kind of see his chops here and he has some great fills, some really great parts. But for Shante honestly was a little lackluster. I mean he filled in the he filled in the space that he needed to. Like he didn't he wasn't really ever in the forefront on this record and that's okay. But nope. And I wonder right. if like that, if that was like a, a a thing they said okay you can you know we'll do it again with you but like you you're not gonna be who you were or if he was just kind of let everyone else do their thing and then added it later on I wonder how that writing process went I don't know they they were or John and Anthony Kiedis were on the Rick Rubin's podcast uh, last week or the week before last and I, I was listening to that and they were talking about how when he rejoined the band uh, they they didn't really say that. Neither party really said they they wanted the other one to rejoin the group or rejoin the band. They're like, let's just kind of like hang out at our house, and we'll just like jam, and that's what they did. And it kind of it evolved into this. And I guess Flea John like before they even told Anthony Kiedis that that John was even thinking of coming back, they kind of went behind his back, and it was Flea John and Chad got together at Flea's house and just jammed. And I guess they only played the first three Chili Peppers records songs. Like that's all they played because they thought like, let's play the first three records just to kind of get in that mindset of like why we love this band so much or why, Damn. why the band started like that. So they only play, they only jammed to those first three, those first three albums, which I thought was, it's a cool idea, like to really kind of take a step back and like kind of see where they, they formed and how they formed or why they did what they did back in the eighties. It's very so, cool. It's, it's, I, I thought know, that was really rad. It's cool because it's it is true. It's like we the, God, Chili Peppers have been making music for so fucking long, and I mean, a lot of like a lot of people like the Chili Peppers more. Like, dude, almost everybody likes something that the Chili Peppers have done at some point. Yeah. And so, yeah. to go back and do this is why we started the Chili Peppers. Do we still feel as excited doing this music as we do now? And if not that this music that they just put out this year sounds like their first three albums because exponentially better. But if you don't get that same kind of giddy, excited feeling playing new music as you did when you used to, then like, what's even the point? It becomes like a job now, and it's been a job for decades for them now. But I like yeah. that. I like that idea. It's just yeah, keeping it honest. Keeping it honest. And and Frusciante said something cool. He was like, when when they decided to do that, Frusciante obviously wasn't on those first three records. So, but he that's when he fell in love with the Chili Peppers. So them them only playing songs from those records was different for Frusciante than it was for the other guys because they just had, they both fell in love with the band, but in different ways. So they were talking about how like they had different viewpoints and they had to make sure like everything fit well, even though they came from different, different perspectives, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was, that was pretty cool, but the, uh, otherwise it, this album, this album is pretty fucking good. I enjoy it. So now I got like five Chili Peppers records. I can't believe I have this many records from them. Yeah. Oh, because you got you got one of them for free. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm with you. And then I got I got that one for free. And then I got the Getaway for five dollars from you. And then oh, yeah, yeah. Then I, and then I have Mother's Milk, Californication. Now I have this one. So yeah, I got the five. I forgot the Getaway. Oh, that that was when I was like buying a lot of records, just stupid, stupid cheap, and then giving them away, <laughs> stupid, stupid cheap. 
and I, even at the time, I was like, I don't really know if I want to get this. If I really I want know, it. I'm fucking like, oh, it's five dollars. <laughs> and I like the record too. I should have kept it, but you know. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. I remember who I bought that from too. I, I remember the story. There was just some like younger girl, some girl, right? Yeah, yeah. and she like gave me her address, uh, like uh, on offer up. Yeah, and I even like lowball her. She was selling like four records for you know fifty bucks, and I offered like twenty. I said, "I'll come right now." That's what I do. I said, "I'll offer you less than half of what you're asking, but I'll come right now with cash." She said, "Yeah, here's my address. Come knock on the door." <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> so I think I, and she I fucking lets her. you into the house, right? Yeah. Didn't well, she's she, she yeah, like, you want to come in? I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't, I'm, I don't want to come in. And then I told her to as I leave, like, you know, you really shouldn't like give people your address and offer up. I know this sounds weird saying it to you, but there's a lot of weirdos out there. But thanks for the records. Because <laughs> it's cute. Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's really, it's really dangerous. Dummy. So yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Unlimited Love, get into that. And the last thing here is my, my pick of the week. I got this one, um, where did I get this one? Last Friday, I think it was. And uh, it's Billy Corgan, the singer-songwriter from The Smashing Pumpkins. It's a second solo record. Uh, it's called Ogilala. Ogilala? I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it came out in October 2017. Rick Rubin produced this thing. And it's a, very, it's a folky album. It's a folk album, essentially. Folk pop record. It's all him and acoustic guitar, some piano, and some strings here and there. It's very stripped down. And um, I think it's a killer record. Jeff probably hates it, and he probably hated the song I picked. But you know, I don't give a fuck. So you don't know. Here's a here's here's the song "Half Life of an Autodidactic" from the Billy Corgans. It's love for a brightish gold. Tented like a lilac cone He comes by the breath of the sun Denuded and the fields again The wild he went so silent, so subsumed Pervade his big barroom To ever lapse into ruin and regret Juliet, oh I can't crease. I get tired. I just get tired. Flood to lease, no bless or bleed. Bounce the lines. I just got tired along the flames. I'm on the way to you. Forty years to finally wake up. And nine more to sling the snakes out of you Rich, the pink, that steel cone flam A flint of luck, miscast my chance As one does after day All right, there you go. Billy Corgan and the song Half-Life of an Autodidactic from 2017. So what do you think of this one, huh? So for one, if this wasn't <laughs> Billy Corgan, you would not give this the fucking time of day. Straight up. Uh, that's not you, true. You're, you're such that's a liar. True. You fucking lie as you sit there. You lie like a rug. 
<laughs> Absolutely. This is That's not true. If it wasn't for his for him, you would think this is the worst thing ever. This is like all of your arch enemies coming together to make an album that you absolutely hate. And I like but, I like everything about this album or this song at least. Love it. Really? Except for his vocals. Ah. <laughs> son of a bitch. There, dude, he's so annoying. He's so fucking annoying. He's so good, man. He's so good. But honestly, if this wasn't Billy Corgan, you'd hate this. And you're lying. But see, I like his voice. I like his voice. I love his guitar playing. I think he's an amazing guitar player. I think he's this, a very underrated the guitar, guitar player. playing in this song is not something to write home about. It's, it's I know, good. I, oh, I'm I'm just talking about in general. I'm just talking about in okay. general. I think is I think he's a wonderful, wonderful guitar player. But even his vocals highly underrated. If, if if this was just put out by somebody else that sounded like Billy Corgan, you would not listen to this. There's uh, no way. There's I don't no think way. so. I don't think so. There's there's for sure a a a, a shade of, of of subjectivity because it's it's Billy Corgan. <laughs> but honestly, I like this a lot. But god damn, he's annoying. You just gotta get past it. You'll learn. You'll learn someday. He's even more like it's almost like he's more annoying now than he was <laughs> when he was like make, consistently putting out music with the Smashing Pumpkins. Like it's he's more annoying now. Damn it! I was hoping I was hoping this would. I want to make you a full blown Pumpkinsman. I really want that. Like I almost had you. I almost had you when we did that episode because I know you liked a few of their records. Like undoubtedly, you liked a few of their records. Yes, I, 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 adore. I loved. I thought Adore was fantastic. I thought it was amazing. Which is so weird to me. That I did like. I did like Gish. I did like Siamese. And there was another one too. Like I think it was like the Oceana or something. I think of or Zeitgeist. No, one. you like Zeitgeist a lot too. Yeah, one of the, something else that was like a deeper cut i loved a lot but <laughs> god damn he's annoying <laughs> he's so fucking good man this guy is so talented it's unbelievable how talented he is oh boy but anyway okay yep, anyway yep. no i'm, I'm glad this. you uh i'm glad you like folk music now yeah i like it. it's cool too because like this is such a personal record and the cover is a picture of his son and his wife like it's just kind of cool how like he he made this like a whole like kind of had his family involved in it. And that's cool. You like that shit. Yeah. All right. So that's all I got for the vinyls. So you ready to move on? Yeah, that's it. That's all. All right. So some new music that's been released over the last week or stuff that at least we find interesting. Uh, album wise, we're looking at Jack White. Jack White put oh. out a new record. Brands make a new record called Fear of the Dawn. And... I uh, I listened to it today for the first time. You did as well, and honestly, I was fucking blown away. This was so good, so fuck, so damn good, so friggin' good, so friggin' good. As, fr- as friend of the pot Sloan would say, "Wow, you I mean you love this too, right? This is great." I I mean like that that his his biggest song on his own is is that Lazarus or or, or, or Lazaretto something like that. That's like his biggest song on his Wait, own. You. You you cut out like so horribly right there. So bad. His biggest. I was saying his biggest song that he's done on his own is that Laz. Like Lazaretto. Lazaretto or Lazarus. Yeah. Something Lazaretto. like that. Lazaretto. That's his biggest song, and it's okay. Honestly, I think it's just absolutely okay. It's 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 got a cool sound yeah. to it, and I and then this is like his fourth album, and his other solo albums I've listened to. I don't think I listened to all of them. But I listen to m- enough of them to get that it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not good. It's not bad. It's okay. And so this one I didn't have like yeah. ex- any expectations for whatsoever. 
in the first couple songs, like like you said, they were really good. And I, I thought, okay, there's no way like he can like keep this momentum up. There's no way he can keep doing banger after banger after banger. And like not only did he do banger after banger after banger, but each song is very different from each other, yeah. but then still keeps that underlying extremely hard like Jack White edge to it. And that was just that was amazing. This album was absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And every it's one of those albums too where every single song has something unique about it so that you can so you can you can tell the difference between songs, you know. Nothing really to me, nothing really bled together. There's something very unique about it all and I this this has potential to be the album of the year. Some like of the heaviest stuff like good. he's ever written is on this album. There's there's yeah, parts of right? this album where I I mean it's still a little too early to see exactly who played what on what parts and who wrote it. But there are some parts of this where, like, I thought, like, damn, this is so low. This is like, this is like when everybody thought there was a really cool bass player for Seven Nation Army, but it was really just Jack White doing like an octave phaser, <laughs> and and that yeah. like blew everybody's minds. And this is kind of like the same thing. There are parts of this that are so low and so crunchy that I'm hoping it was kind of in that same form as Seven Nation Army. And this is this is cool. Yeah. There are, there are moments too where his, his his guitar tone sounds almost electronic. It doesn't sound like a guitar, but but then it'll like it'll like I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Like he he rides this line between this electronic sound and rock and roll sound. It's it's fucking killer, man. This album is really really fucking good. Dude, Jack White And when I went like... to the record store today, they 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 were they were selling copies like crazy. I got the last copy at the record store today. I know there was they're only, just flying off the shelves. There was only two copies left of the indie exclusive at Grace today. Even though when I called them earlier, they said they had plenty. When I went there today, they said they only have two left. And I bought one of them, <laughs> and so this is um, dude. Everybody likes this. This is fantastic. And Jack White's like yeah, the fucking king of Detroit right now. He's like on top of the world. I know, honestly, right? honestly, nice. like everybody loves this kid. He, he's bringing jobs to Detroit, building like fucking vinyl pressing plants, calling out major labels. Like the dude's all over it all over it yeah it's it's what's so cool about him and third man records is that they have their own fucking pressing plant they can press whatever they want whenever they want you know and how lucrative of a business that is right now considering everything is so backlogged when it comes to pressing new vinyl like he could get any fucking band in there and cut a deal with him and and you know make a shit ton of money it's crazy and have it be quality yeah. Oh man, dude. It's it, this I I just can't believe how good this record was. I, that, everything about this is really cool too. I mean, obviously the, the blue theme has been since like day 1 of his solo stuff, which is like yeah. directly contrasted to the red theme of the white stripes, but to keep a color concept continuously throughout album to album to album is really cool. They did with the white stripes and that was fantastic. Now he's doing the yeah. same thing with his solo stuff but it's like the opposite color of red. It's so vibrant and blue. I think that's awesome because he's still keeping the consistency in like a brand itself, but it's Mm -hmm. like the complete opposite, but it sounds kind of similar sometimes. And then he got married on stage the other night. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. What the fuck? He was, so like, so at his, at his shows, he plays white stripe songs and during hotel Yorba, there's a part where like everything stops and he says, let's get married. And then it kicks back into the song of hotel, hotel Yorba. And so instead of saying let's get married, like it stops and everybody knew it was gonna stop. And it's like his fiance is there 
and he's, he proposes to her and he says, do you like, will you marry me? And instead of saying, let's what get married, like, will you marry me? And then like the song kicks up and then during the encore, they got married on stage the same night. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that is so fucking rad. And then like, like a couple months ago, he played a show. He came, I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know why or how this happened, but Kevin Devine was playing a show and Jack White came out. It was like, hey, everybody, my name's Kevin Devine, and, and played like a little piece of like a, a Kevin Devine song. And then Kevin Devine mm-hmm. came out. It wasn't funny at all. And he's like, oh, you're not Kevin Devine. I'm Kevin Devine. And this really like awkward oh, thing. God. But it was like, how the fuck do you like, what? How does Jack White come out and like play a joke on a Kevin Devine show? <laughs> how do you have that kind of pull to get fucking Jack White to come out? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Like the whole blue hair thing too. Like that's super cool. And I just, the guy's committed, man. The guy's all over it. Love it. King he of never Troy. Really seems, he never really seems to make things cheesy either. Like his, his artwork, yeah, being all blue, it never has looked bad. It's never been overdone. It's always subtle. And I like that. I, I like so, that a yeah. lot. Same with the stripes. Like they were, it's always yeah. just an aggressive red. And it, like it, it's changed from you know the first album all the way up until like Icky Thump, and Icky Thump is very black and white, but it still has that peppermint kind of flair to it and very red. I I love it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. The guy's amazing. It's fucking awesome, man. All right, so go check that out if you haven't already, or if you have, just listen to it again. Who cares? I don't care. It's your life. Um. Anyway, so ne- uh, some new songs that were released: Pink Floyd. I guess came out of retirement and they put out a song uh, to aid Ukraine um, with whatever proceeds it, this song gets. And uh, the song is called Hey, Hey, Rise Up. And it features like Andre, I think a Ukrainian. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, I, I don't it. even know. I, I have to look up his name again because I actually forgot it. Oh, <laughs> oh like uh, Andre. Long. Yeah. Andre Klivniuk. Klivniuk something like that okay. of some band or group called Boombox. I'd never heard of him. Uh, but he sings vocals on this and it's, this song sucks, dude. <laughs> this song is shit, man. Not only is like the, are the vocals terrible, but the mix, like David Gilmore's guitar, he has a nice tone, but it's so, it's turned up so high in the mix. It just kind of like drowns everything else out and it's so distracting. And yeah, this song fucking blows. I hate it. Yeah. No, this is just a uh, this is a solid reminder that hey, don't forget Pink Floyd did two more albums like after Pink Floyd broke up and they are pretty terrible. This reminds three me albums. of that. Three albums, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Well, wait, one, two. Yeah, the one in the eighties, yeah. Division Bell in the nineties, and then uh, Endless like, River. The final cut. The final cut was good. The final cut. No, I'm not. Talking, no, the the other one, the the one like what in nineteen eighty five or something. The one that was pretty much a David Gilmore like synth record. Oh, Fuck, what was the name of the record? What was that one? It wasn't the final cut because the final cut had Roger Waters on it. Yeah, I, I like I I really like the final cut actually. So. Uh, that's not that good, but but you know what? Whatever. Regardless, yeah, they, they no, put no, out three no, records this, after Waters this. Left. This reminded me of of like hey dude, don't forget that you know Pink Floyd did very very bad stuff in their past, and this uh, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like plunging up old shit. Yeah, stupid, dumb, very yeah, very stupid. I I don't I know this is terrible. And uh, so, yeah, moving on, the band uh, Rammstein, 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 well, I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. Uh, they put out a new song called Zigzag, and uh, they put a, they made a music video for it as well, and I highly recommend people watch the music video because it's 
weird, it's gross, and um, captivating all all at the same time. I I like the video a lot. Did you did you end up watching it? I did. <laughs> it's fucking this, weird, right? This was so bizarre. It took me a while <laughs> to even to even like realize like okay now okay I, I see what's happening here. I get it. Because it was done pretty well. Like, it looked like a person that just had a lot of cosmetic surgery done. Yeah. Maybe even oh, yeah. it was. I don't. still don't fucking know. Maybe it was a real person made up. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just It was just really weird. well done prosthetics. Yeah. The song very, was good. I mean, it bizarre. sounds like... The song sounds like a typical song from them. But the video took it to that next level. Like, fuck, dude. It's weird. Super <laughs> fucking weird. Creepy. And then, I don't know if you... I don't know if you noticed, but towards the end of the video... Because it's a bunch of old old women in the audience, and one of them flashes her tits. It's old Does lady she? tits. Yeah, it's like a very <laughs> brief moment. It's just like, of course, they would put that something like that in this video. They have to. <laughs> it's just it's so it's such a grotesque video. Oh man! But I highly rec- recommend everybody go watch it. But the two songs I've heard from this record so far, I've really dug. I'm not going to pre-order the the vinyl yet. I'm not going to pre-order the vinyl. I'll just wait till it kind of pops up and I, after I listen to the record and maybe buy it, but all right. So uh, the, the next song here, the last song here is from the band, the format. They put out a new song called your new name and had no idea they put out a new song until you brought it up. How did you even find out about this? It's just making waves, dude. Formats making waves with all the repressings and, and somehow this random company in Phoenix that have like five employees were able to <laughs> repress all the format albums and then the format, like surprise dropped a song and it was just through like a, a, a different thread that I was reading on Reddit about the new pressings. Cause I wanted to make sure that the new pressings weren't like shitty quality or whatever, but nobody really knew Then someone was yeah. like, yeah, the, the new song was pretty good. And I was like, new song. What the fuck? So then sure enough, like there was a new song. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Yeah. That is, I, just, I, I just can't believe. Yeah. Nobody, there was no, there's been no hype for any of this. I, it's crazy. I get it, especially because like the 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 format albums like go for a, a lot over a hundred dollars. Like the interventions on Lullabies is a hundred dollar album. I know it's fucking nuts, and we got it for what twenty three bucks. Yeah, I think it's still available too. I think there's still some on the Hello Merch website. Yeah, there is. But That's good. I like that. I do too. So there you go. They put out a new song, and I I think it's a solid song. I, I it's not as goofy and and flim and not goofy and dramatic as fun is which is nice it kind of it's more simple and i like that i like that about this song but yeah it's it's, it's good. a good song it, it it reminds me of like the early format days of of intervention lullabies it kind of sounds like dog problems but then the the mm-hmm. guitar tone reminded me of brian may from queen especially like the oh. fucking song was that i don't know Fuck. Killer Queen. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Is that Killer Queen that you were singing? I don't know. Okay, okay. Now now I hear it. Yeah, it's Killer Queen. That's good. That was really good. You gotta play it out in my mind. Where do my thinking? That's a great place to think too. All right. Well, th- yeah. Anyway, this is a good song. Go check it out. Do you want? Do you want to play it, or what do you think? No, nah, it's okay. You good? All right. All right. So, so go check it out. New format, good stuffs, and uh, so that's it for the new music. Some other 
I feel interesting things happen happening in the music world real quick. The first thing is uh, Kurt Cobain. Uh, one of his guitar, the guitar that he played on, uh, the guitar he played in the Oof. "Smells Like Teen Spirit" music video, uh, is being put up for auction on May twentieth or May no May tenth, I think it is, and uh, and they're expecting it to sell for over eight hundred thousand dollars. So that's stupid, and yeah. that's a lot of money for a guitar that's been sitting in a museum for probably the last twenty years. Very dumb. Yeah, I, I just can't believe how much money this shit goes for. And it's going to go for probably more. And especially probably, because yeah. they're saying like a lot of the proceeds, I don't know if they said all of the proceeds or a portion of the proceeds are going to like an orphanage or something. So there's yeah. there's there's going to be something. Somebody's going to buy it for a million dollars. That's crazy. Just, I, <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just like, what would Kurt think? If his guitar is selling <laughs> for a million, you know what I mean? He like, would fucking on, hate guys. this shit. Oh my god, dude! It's terrible. I, I mean, know, like, whatever though. Wh- how cool would it be though if, like, if somebody did buy it for like a million dollars, and then posted a video of them just smashing it to pieces? <laughs> I was just thinking that. God, <laughs> that would be so fucking cool. And that's something very. That's something that Kurt Cobain definitely would have done. <laughs> that would be you know, so he, awesome. He would buy something expensive like this just to destroy it. I hope Dave Grohl buys it for a million smashes on stage. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> that would make him a god. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, you know what I just saw on TikTok uh, a couple days ago? It was, uh, they, they, I guess it's, the video's been around for a long time, but Butch Vig was was doing like a breakdown of the song In Bloom. And he, what he did was he, he took out all the tracks except for the vocal tracks on that particular song. And I had no idea that Dave Grohl sang all the harmony on that particular song and he and then he go and then butch takes it down to the point where it's only dave Grohl singing the harmonies in that song and it was so f- it was perfect it was i couldn't believe how good it was and how well dave Grohl's voice sounded with kurt's voice like they they just were perfect together vocally they were just absolutely perfect and it's so crazy to think like had kurt not died how how much they could have collaborated together and sung together and shared lead vocals with one another. And, and it, they could have really done some really cool shit had Kurt not died. It was very interesting. It was fucking cool. Like you should just, I mean, you could probably look it up on YouTube, but yeah, Butch Vig, he pretty much, I think he goes through every song on Nevermind and talks about all the individual tracks and what it, what they did to record certain things and how they recorded certain things. But that in bloom part with Dave Grohl's vocals was really cool. So go check it out. Cool stuffs. Okay. Um, and the last thing here, uh, it was it was uh, published by Rolling Stone magazine that Dead and Family were going to be they were going to stop touring after this year. They were calling it quits, and that's it. That's all. And then later that day, Bob Weir went on his Twitter and said, "I've I haven't heard anything about this at all. <laughs> so no idea what me. they're talking about." <laughs> yeah. So just like, dude, fuck these publications. Sometimes they're oh, it's so annoying. That's so but, embarrassing yeah. to like be that big of a, of a, of a new source and to drop yeah. the ball that hard on something. Very, I mean, you, you lose so much credibility and that's literally your entire business is based off of credibility and you just show, you've just shown that you have, you have no, you have none at all. Yeah. Like why does anybody read Rolling Stones? Like if they got something this big wrong, you're bad. stupid, you're fucked. Uh, yeah. you're, you are, you're stupid. You're, you are a dumb dumb. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess will, I, I guess, will. 
I will never see the Dead and Company. Though I will never just go to. I I will I will not go to a concert. Why you were going to a couple months ago? I know because I thought they were cheaper than they were. But for one, the price, and two, it's just it's not. I don't know. It's not the Grateful Dead, and it's not what I envision. I'd rather my 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 concept of what it would be like to go to a, a Dead concert in like the seventies. I'd rather that hold mm-hmm. true than to go to one now and be let down. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because like in the seventies, man, they put up like Shakedown Street was like a hundred tent set up, and people were selling bootleg vinyl cassettes, fucking T-shirts. You know, testing drugs. You could go and get your drugs tested to make sure they were good. You know, LSD or whatever the fuck you were taking. And everybody was just selling all this cool stuff. And part of going to the Dead concerts were spending six hours outside of the Dead concert. That's what I would like to do. I'm sure there's still a lot of things like that. So that, that's all I got for, for music stuff. So you got anything else? Should we finish that's this? It, that's all, baby boy. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. You know, the usual, you know, help us out. Give us five stars. And uh, stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Fugazi and their record, Repeater. And we're going to rank all their albums. So, once again, thanks for listening. And that's it. That's all. Cheers.